What up? What up? What is up? It's your boys. It's Beach. It's Bill. We are back in this, my friends, is chaos on the rocks. There are no rules. There are no regulations. Just a couple of boys chatting about whatever their hearts desire. We are back with episode 18 for you again. Folks, it's Friday. It's the weekend. We're good to go. Uh, Bill, it's the start of a very busy season for myself here. Uh, but before we get into that, we'll throw it over to you. What's new in your world? You're back on the employment train, my friend. How, uh, how's it going? Yes, I am unfortunately no longer unemployed. However, maybe it's fortunate. I'm excited to start my new job. I, at the time of recording, I have finished my orientation tomorrow slash Wednesday of this week, because I know it's coming out on Friday, will have been my first real day in the office. They actually did my training. My orientation happened at an arcade. It was an arcade, go-kart, trampoline park, laser tag, rope climb, bowling alley arcade. And they had like conference rooms that they hosted us in. And at the this place is called Apex Entertainment in Marlboro, oh, Massachusetts. Oh, shit. I, I've heard of this place. But where was, can I sign up for this kind of job? I mean, shit. If that's your if that's your training, dude, you got to go there? We didn't get to do any of that stuff. Though. Well, I shouldn't oh, say gay. that. They gave us... Watch it. All right. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, it was unfortunate. Um. I actually, they gave us water bottles that had QR codes on them and the QR code, when you scanned it was like, Oh, here's one free half hour of arcade games for free. And I was like, huh? What? So they let us out early today, like an hour early or so. And I just went to the front desk of the place and I was like, Hey, when I scan this QR code for the water bottle, I get a free, it says I get a free half hour of games. And they're like, oh yeah, here's a card. Here you go. So after our training session today, I uh, went and played arcade games for a half an hour by myself because nobody else in my training session seemed to realize that we got a free half an hour of arcade gameplay. So I did some skee-ball by myself. I shot some hoops by myself. Um, I played... Crossy Road, the arcade game. I played a Monopoly game, a Wheel of Fortune game. I was I was living. I was playing that game where you throw the balls at the clowns. It was a it was a good time. And uh, you know, I was say that sounds like a blast. Yeah, and and you know, being there really made me think about you know, like being a ten year old going to somewhere like Joe's Playland or Chuck E. Cheese or. I don't really know what other kind of arcades there really are, but I was, I was just thinking about like, man, when I go to an arcade, you know, thinking about being a little kid, like what were like the games that got your first quarters when you walked into an arcade? My first instantly ski ball, number one. Um, and then after that, jeez, uh, It's been forever since I have um, really dove into an arcade. I mean, over the summer, I went away with my family for a few days for vacation, and we happened to go to um, 
Where's Beach for the day, and we were just walking around, you know. And my sister, my sisters wanted to do some shopping, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, no thanks, I'm good. I'm gonna go to the arcade. Um, and the only reason why this game got the number one, um, my first choice at the time was one because I hadn't played it in forever, and two, um, there was a song that caught my eye uh, or my ear, I should say. Um, was Guitar Hero. They had Guitar Hero at, at the arcade. I hadn't played shit. I, I think the last time I played Guitar Hero is maybe uh, damn 13 years old. You know, maybe pre-high school. Um, but yeah, I, I just happened to be walking by and I heard Bulls on Parade by Rage Against the Machine coming over coming over the, spe- uh, the, the speaker from the game. I was like, ooh, I want to play that. Um, so I went over, I got like, I had like a couple of ones in my pocket. So I went over to the machine, grabbed some quarters, you know, and played, played it, whatever. Um, no, it didn't set any high score. Cause I mean, you get some people that play those games that are just like absolute maniacs when it comes to like records and shit. Like they, they step up, they play on, uh, expert and it's just balls to the wall and you know, they, they really don't care. Um, but that was that was the first one. Um, I played some skee ball after um, after the fact, and then um, it was one more. Oh, you, you have the big like it's a big like lever and the wheel like spins big around. Fishing? Yeah, Is that big what it's real called? fishing. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, um, I love that game too. So I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, skee ball. Yeah, I had to play because when you're in an arcade, I mean, if you see a ski- if you are a true arcade enthusiast and you walk into an arcade and you don't see, uh, if you see skee ball and you don't play it, what is you doing with your life? Skee ball is usually the cheapest game to play too. It's usually like why... a quarter or a token. Mm-hmm. Or if you're those new age cards, it's like three credits or something. Yeah. Three it, out of the 120. It's relatively cheap, man. It's like, okay, how do you pass that up? Um, but Hey, you know, everybody, everybody has their, uh, their niche in what they like to play in the arcade, but yeah, ski ball is definitely up there as far as, um, that's where my uh, first tokens, uh, and uh, stuff are going. Um, no, yeah. I, I com- I completely agree. I, I am a ski ball aficionado. I'm not very good at ski ball. That's, that's like the, the yin and yang for me is that I love ga- I love the game of ski ball, but I am just not very good at it. Um, one of those games that really does it for me though. And again, this is kind of going back to like that Joe's playland thing was Pokerino. You know what game that is? I've heard of it. Um, but just explain it for the, uh, for the listeners at home. Yeah. So essentially what it is, is you get five balls and they're like rubber balls and you have to roll them on like a wood board. And at the end of the wood board, there's holes and each hole is represented by a, a card number and a card suit. So like there's like a row, it's like a two by two square of aces, a two by two square of kings, queens, jacks, tens. And then it goes like ace, king, queen, jack, ten, like in a row behind it, another two by two square. So essentially all you got to do is roll the ball, roll the balls into the holes. And uh, there's a big light up board and the back of the machine. And it, it's like playing poker. You essentially try and get the best poker hand. You can get, um, you know, full houses, four of a kind, three of a kind, two pairs, uh, flushes, straights, you know, and obviously the the better 
the better your hand is, the more tickets you get put out for. And it only costs a quarter to play the game. And if you do end up getting something like a three of a kind or a full house, you can get like anywhere from 20 to 35 tickets. So like to me, like as a kid, I, I quickly realized, and even now as a, as an adult, I realized this is the best bang for your buck. You know, it's not a necessarily a hard game, but I love poker. I love games kind of skillfully like that, where you have to be very careful and cautious when you roll something. And, uh, you know, I Pokerino definitely does it for me. The other one is Spider Stomper. You know what Spider Stomper is? Yes. Yeah. Spider Stomper, that uh, that game where uh, it's it's like a floor that has like eight or nine buttons on it. And each is represented by like a certain color spider and the button flashes and you have to stamp stomp on the spider before the flashing light goes away. Oh, baby. Ten-year-old Bill spent a lot of time on that game. <laughs> Probably should have made me skinnier than I was, but here I am, still. Yeah, chubby. but food, but food was our friend. It still is our friend, especially at the beach too. Beach pizza and all that. Oof. Oh man, fried dough. All right, hold on. While, while we're on this topic, I forget have we discussed this with Flanny um, on the pod here or not before? We've taught we've had the Tripoli and Christie's debate, right, or discussion. I believe so. Yes. Okay. All right, we we don't need we don't need to rehash that, but yeah, for the, anybody out there that's you know still living under a rock or, you know, needs to be hit over the head with said rock, um, Tripoli's is the goat, no argument. Um, Not from me. Find us at Chaos on the Rocks uh, on Instagram. Find us at Chaos OTR underscore Pod on Twitter, and uh, you can talk your shit there if you uh, really want to bring this discussion and try and uh, serve up some hot takes. Um, but anyway, Bill, that. That was one of our uh, things we wanted to get to here tonight. Um, it's just talking about some of the uh, fun arcade games that we, we would always uh, be drawn to when when we step into the into the fun funorama or Joe's Playland or some of the other places like that that we uh, that we went Ooh, to. Colorama, sorry, sorry, you just made me think of Colorama. You know that game? Uh, that game tickles me too. I do. I do not know that game. It's the game where you have to put in two quarters and you bet on what color the ball that's rolling in the middle circle spinning thing is going to land on. It's very, that game is super fucking fun. Oh. Colorama. Okay. I just thought of another one. It's kind of like your, uh, the poker one that you were talking about, but instead of uh, the poker, it's got the horses, the, the rate, the horse racing. It's like, a, oh, I thought you so, say the bingo one. I know there's one for bingo. Yeah, too. I know. So all the, all the, it, it's like an uh, animatronic thing, whatever, but you have like, I think there's, I think you get one, one ball, like a, the blue, like bouncy ball, the blue wall ball, whatever, something like that. And there's like three or four, maybe even five, like um, five holes for it to, to drop down. And like each one is a certain number of like st- uh, steps or, trots if you want to call it that with the horse racing um and they all start over on one side and you know you roll the ball and it goes into two and it go clicks ahead like two spots you roll it again it, it drops into the five and it jumps ahead five spots and you're going to be the you're going to try and be the first one to make it all the way over to the end of the uh to the end of the line it's uh it's actually kind of it's, it's fun i never i never played that one but it sounds fun you may also made me think of speedy racers Okay. All right. That's that game where it's the alien horse races and they're on tricycles and you have to spin the ball as fast as you can. I've set records in that game before. I've gotten a 12.7 <laughs> on that game before. So if you guys can be 12.2 on speedy racers, 
let me know. I'll meet you at your local arcade. We'll uh, we'll go one on one. Hash this out. Put some con- put some uh, exterior content out for the uh, out for the folks on here on the pod. Um, but yeah, so Bill, I mentioned it off the top of the uh, off the top of the show here today. Um, it's Friday. Uh, it's an exciting day for me. Um, it's officially college hockey season. It is go time. Um, back behind the microphone um, in North Andover for Merrimack College uh, women's and men's ice hockey. Um, they kick off the season today, uh, six o'clock, um, against Minnesota State. Um, and I'm just, I'm pumped. I'm jazzed. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to hear those first chords of levels come blasting over the loudspeaker. And that's when we know it's go time. Um, to think that in March, the last time I was in the hockey rink doing what I like to do there, um, there was nobody else in the arena aside from the two teams on the ice and uh, only essential game day staff. Um, so it's been a while. I'm looking forward to talking to fans and talking to other people inside the arena once again and uh, actually feeling like I'm doing my job as a public address announcer with public in attendance to address to. Uh, um, but yeah, so I kick off this weekend. I got two games next weekend. I got two games the following weekend. I only have one. So it's a bit of a bit of a slow weekend there. But um yeah, I don't have a, another free weekend without a college hockey game until like the 16th of October. Um, but I couldn't be happier about it. Um, it's fun. I, lo- I love it. I'm looking forward to it, and I can't wait. Um, but, yeah, so that's what I got coming up this weekend. Um, glad to hear that, uh, you know, so far so good with, uh, with the new gig. Um, but – on a bit of a lighter note, we were our you know bit of a more downtrodden note, I should say. We were talking off air prior to recording. Um, you said it wasn't a fantastic weekend for you, despite it being your last weekend heading into uh, first day on the job. We're going to get to that and more as it's time for the Chaos on the Rocks Fantasy Football Blitz. Uh-huh. Hey. So two weeks of NFL action in the books. Uh, that means two weeks of fantasy football in the books as well. Uh, Bill, you said last week and you had a pretty good weekend um, as you rolled in all all of uh, all of your leagues. How did uh, how things go for you this weekend? So the first week of the NFL season, I had three teams score over 130 points. This week. I had two teams score under 100 and only one score, one team get over the score of 115. So needless to say, I, uh, I did not have a very good week in fantasy this year. The boys did not come out to play this weekend and that's okay. You know, you can lose one. The thing about fantasy football, it being week two is you can lose one. Now, yes, you're not going to be undefeated. 
yes, you cannot talk your shit as much as I, I have been doing. I talked a lot of shit. I actually, uh, one of our, one of my leagues, we have a Facebook group and I cut a promo on a guy and he does battle raps and stuff. So I said, you're going to come at me and say, I'm going to come at you with the glizzy because you Billy are so silly. And all he did was on, on, on Tuesday morning, he just posted on our Facebook group. He added me. He said it was a great game, pal. I don't need to do any talking. I said, <laughs> shit, I can't respond to that. But otherwise, you know, um, I, of course, have Dalvin Cook on a couple teams. Um, hoping to hear that. He is not actually injured. It looks like the reports coming out is that he probably is going to be able to play, which is always good. Uh, thankfully, I do not have Carson Wentz. I do have Jonathan Taylor, though, which kind of makes me a little happy. Carson Wentz spraining both ankles. That's a feat in itself, by the way. I don't know how you sprain both ankles, but. Yeah, that, that was interesting. I heard them talking about that on uh, sports radio earlier this week. It's like. If if I had to pick one current quarterback in the NFL that would accomplish such a feat and sprain both of his ankles in the same game, mind you, uh, uh, 10 times out of 10, I would have given you Carson Wentz because of how injury prone this guy is or has been so far in his career. Not only him, but the Colts team in general too. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Um. How did uh, the fancy weekend look for you in week two? Uh, so, again, last weekend, I went 500. I went two and two. This weekend, again, I went 500. I went two and two. But in one of my leagues, I am two and out. So, that is the important thing. Getting off to a strong start here. Um, I got a matchup coming this week. I've already done. Uh, gone ahead and looked at the uh, the – Preview and the breakdown. I'm projected to win by at least 20 right now at the moment. Um, and I don't know about you, Bill, but my rule when it comes to fantasy football is like if it's anywhere from like single digits to like maybe 10 points, that's a little bit of a of wiggle room. You know, once you start getting over 10 point uh, a 10 point gap or a 10 point projection spread. Uh, it might become a little bit tougher where, you know, if you're on the bottom end of the projection, you kind of need a guy or two to hit their projection and go a little bit above and beyond uh, to kind of close that gap and bring down the uh, projections to, you know, just about equal at 50 50. Um, but I mean, once you start hitting 15 and 20 point projections, your team pretty much entirely top to bottom has to hit their projection and kill it the rest of the way. Um, I was lucky enough to be one of the special few this past weekend that had uh, Derek Henry on his team. Um, I got together, uh, with some, with some family watching, uh, football on Sunday. And when I was getting ready to leave to head home, I checked the, you know, checked it again. Cause I'm like, okay, I'm going to be getting in the car. I'm not going to be able to check for a little while. And this was getting towards the tail end of the, uh, the four, the four o'clock, four thirty window games. So, like, Tennessee was still down by, I think, like, two scores. Um, uh, the Cardinals game was all out of whack, but I, I didn't have anybody going uh, going in that one. Um, the Bucks game was, you know, points were being put up all over the board. Uh, and then uh, the other four uh, 
the Cowboys game, I had CD Lamb who had who had a pretty productive day out out in LA against the uh, against the Chargers. But I got in a car in the one matchup where I ended up going on to win. I was down by like 15 or 16 points and I only had one other guy aside from Derrick Henry still in play and who I was playing against still had um, uh, Devontae Adams going last night for the Packers. And I mean, who knew no one, or uh, no one really knew what he was going to do. Um, following up what happened last week with, or two weeks ago now with uh, green Bay against um, the saints. So I'm like, okay, you know, there's a chance that Aaron Rodgers, like he did could, you know, turn things around and, and go off and have a pretty good performance. Um, but I really didn't know. So I got in the car, I'm on my way home and all of a sudden I get home and I look and I'm up by like 25 and I'm like, what happened? And I looked, and all of a sudden, Derrick Henry's sitting at 44 points with three touchdowns and 182 yards. And I'm like, damn. He picked a good time to go off as I was driving and on my way home to, uh, you know, to get ready for the week. And so I messaged the guy I was, I was playing. I'm like, hey, I really don't know what to tell you, man. Like, a half hour ago, I was losing. I was like, oh, yep, pack it in, whatever. I'm five and five, uh, 500 uh, in, in all my leagues, whatever, not a big deal. But now here I am. I'm one of three uh, remaining undefeated teams in this league, and I'm the commish. So it's, it's, it's gotten off to a pretty good start here. And if I can keep the, uh, the trainer rolling, it, uh, it could get even better. But uh, before you. I, I wish I could share your glee. Yeah, but I put up I put up 158 points this week. Very nice. Impressive. And I I was the second highest second highest scoring team this week. And I was four points behind the uh the leader in the clubhouse there as far as highest scoring uh teams are concerned. Um so but yeah, so we're on to uh we're on to week three, right, Bill? As uh the words of Bill Belichick, we're on to we're on to Cincinnati. We're on to week three. Can only improve and uh, go upwards from here, right? I completely agree. So, all right. Well, that is the uh, Chaos on the Rocks Fantasy Football Blitz. We'll talk more fantasy football for you next week um, when we're back once again, and hopefully uh, we're coming to you. And both of us have uh, positive news as well, uh, and a good week all around. So, all right, Bill, I want to get to a story, um, and it kind of goes off a, a little bit of what um, what we did a short while back with our boy Flanny um, and the Chaos on the Rocks presents the board game bracket Palooza, if that rings a bell for any of you out there. If not, go on back, pause this current episode right here, and take a trip back down memory lane and listen to... Uh, six of the last seven episodes um, as we broke down the best uh, 64 card board and party games. I'm not going to go through it all because, you know, you can do that yourself. That's, you know, that's what it's there for. Uh Um, Just let us know when you, when you figure out there's slander against clue and that it did not deserve it. 
nor did Goldfish deserve the slander it also got. Uh, slander did not come from me with Clue. Um, but we'll, we'll leave that debate up for uh, another time. Uh, but I want to talk about the uh, National Toy Hall of Fame, which is located in New York. It recently announced the 2021 uh, finalists for induction into the Hall of Fame slash museum. Uh, the 12 finalists, I'm just going to name a couple of them here, include American Girl Dolls, uh, the board game Battleship. Hmm, where did we hear that one before? Uh, uh. Other finalists um, include Billiards, um, Mahjong, um, the Settlers of Catan, and the classic toy fire engine. Um, are some of the other uh, notable ones up there. Again, whether, um, you know, quote from the uh, vice president of collections says, these 12 toys represent the wide scope of playthings from one of the most universal playthings in the world, like sand, which is another thing that's on the the list is play sand, to a game-changing board game like Risk as well. Risk is also in here. and then also you got, you know, simple pool uh, billiards, like in a pool hall. Um, whether they're old or new, for kids or adults, all 12 of the finalists this year greatly influenced the world of play. So with that in mind, um, voting has officially ended uh, as of our release date. Um, inductees will be announced on November 4th. So we'll be sure to update this and let you guys know. Uh, what the deal is when it comes to uh, the enshrinees at the National Toy uh, Hall of Fame and Museum. So, Bill, my question for you, and I try and steer away from some of the topics that we already discussed when it comes to uh, the Bracketpalooza, but what are some of the best toys you remember playing with as a kid, and what was your ultimate, ultimate favorite toy? This is kind of a tough one for me. So in terms of the progression of toys I had as a child, my first big obsession, which I'm very surprised really didn't transition to my adult life in terms of liking these things, is Hot Wheels. Um, I was I inherited some Hot Wheels. I had the road car play mat. Thing that's so popular you see online you know i would drive my hot wheels all around those i had the hot wheels tracks the connectums and the speed up boost things whatever they called them um i had a whole truck worth i remember what i stored them in was a literal truck a toy truck so hot wheels was a big one for me and then i started watching dragon ball and dragon ball z Probably not something a a seven to ten year old child should have been watching. However, I had every single Dragon Ball Z action figure, and I still do. I could tell you exactly where they are. Those things saw some damage. I liked to reenact the fights. I liked to collect them. If I saw walked into my local KB Toys because that was my local uh, toy store back in the day. If I yeah, saw dude, Dragon that was Ball legit. Z. If I saw a Dragon Ball Z figure on the shelf, 
I said, Mom, I've been a good boy this week. Let me get a Dragon Ball Z action figure. And back in the day, those action figures were only somewhere between, I think, like five to ten dollars. So like not really a ridiculous ask as a child. Again, I was a pretty good child. At least I think I was. So I had a lot of Dragon Ball Z action figures. Then around the age of 11, I ditched the Dragon Ball Z action figures for WWE action figures. So I have a bunch of WWE action figures as well. Again, those have seen some damage as well. I had the rings. I had the stages. I had the chairs, the ladders, the tables, all the weapons, all the mini toy championship belts for the wrestlers, the action figures. I put on my own shows sometimes. I'd put on, I remember I would write storylines. I had a notebook that I would write storylines in. I would write wrestling matchups, ones that we hadn't seen on TV before. Something like a John Cena versus Stone Cold Steve Austin for the World Heavyweight Championship. Things that people wanted to see. So I was a young promoter, young carny piece of shit with my WWE action figures. And I put on some five-star classics, had some big meaty men slapping meat. But out of those three, I think I honestly have to give it to WWE action figures. I I think that that is where I had the most fun as a kid with toys. Um, The Dragon Ball Z action figures are definitely a close second, but WWE action figures take the cake for me. So I don't see WWE. I'm looking at some of the other uh, toys that have been inducted. I do not see... um... WWE action figures. Um, but Hot Wheels are on here. Hot Wheels was inducted um, in 2011 uh, to the hall. Um, GI Joes are on here. They were inducted in 2004. Um, the Rubik's Cube was inducted in 2014. Uh, the Slinky is in here, as it should be. Um, my personal favorite went in in 2001 um, in one of the first couple of years uh, following the hall's establishment um, and that's Tonka trucks uh, no matter where I was um, you know if there was a Tonka truck around to be played with I found it, you know, I remember as a kid going to my grandparents' house in the summertime, um, they had a pool out in their backyard and um, in, in the other patio area where there was, there was also a basketball hoop um, and a little kid's t- picnic table to sit down and have, you know, lunch or a snack on when you were there for the day. And next to it was a sandbar. And I specifically remember like three different Tonka trucks. One was the uh, excavator slash like, um, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't even know what to really call it because it had the cab in the front, but there was an axle on the back and it had another part where you sat or not sat, but, you know, if it was a real truck, it would sit and it would spin, you know, it had the excavator arm and shit. Um, there was a simple bulldozer. And then, uh, of course, there was a dump truck. Because what good is an excavator if there's no dump truck to turn and put the sand or the dirt or whatever you're playing with um, into? But yeah, Tonka trucks were awesome. Um, that was by far my favorite thing as a kid. And it, it kind of 
I don't want to say that it kind of translated or transitioned over, you know, as I got older, having the chance to drive a Zamboni at work because, you know, it's not really the same thing, but, you know, as another kid, a little kid, when you're going to hockey games and stuff, right. When you were a little kid, Bill, you, you attended a hockey game, right. What was one thing that always caught your eye? I wanted to ride the Zamboni. I wanted to be the kid on the Zamboni. Exactly. So, I mean, it's not, it, there's not a direct correlation between Tonka trucks and Zambonis, but still, it was a toy that you wanted to play with when you were a little kid. And, you know, I had the chance to do so. And hey, it, it was pretty cool to, to take that and uh, make it, make it a reality. Um, I also again, had Tonka trucks as a kid. I, yeah. I have a funny story about a Tonka truck. Oh, go ahead. So, uh, I had left my, my Tonka truck dump truck outside over the fall through the winter and rediscovered it in the spring and it was under a pile of dead leaves and i remember being like a five-year-old kid like pulling all the leaves back and being like oh my god my tonka truck dump truck this is amazing and i remember i picked it up and i looked down and a mouse came out of the cabin of the jump truck and like jumped away and scurried away and i threw it i threw the dump truck and just ran away i screamed I oh remember. man so you know as uh as it's well documented on this podcast i have had a war with mice especially over this last winter and with the winter coming soon colder weather i'm sure that the uh the phase two of the mice's master plan of taking over my apartment is going to happen <laughs> once more so maybe maybe that is just deep rooted childhood trauma of uh, the mice have always been out to get me. Yeah, I guess it just started at a young age for you, man, and it's just going to be a battle that takes you uh, takes you all the way through life. You'll forever be battling the mice. Um, so that uh, yeah, I, just real quick before we uh, move on, I do want to just throw out. Just a couple other um, of the inducted toys. To date, there have been 74 toys inducted into the National Toy Hall of Fame, uh, dating all the way back to 1998 is the latest date that I'm seeing on here. Um, Play-Doh went in in 1998 with the Etch-A-Sketch Wiffle Ball was inducted in 2017 so just a few years ago um the super soaker went in in 2015 um star wars action figures 2012 lionel trains in 2006 lincoln logs in 1999 legos in 98 um the kite in 2007 scrabble in 2004 and one thing that I found really interesting, Raggedy Ann got inducted in 2002, but Raggedy Andy had to wait another five years. Like, they didn't go in as a pair, the Raggedy Ann and Andy dolls. I'm going to be honest. I didn't even know that Raggedy Andy was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Raggedy Ann and Andy. Yeah, they were. Uh, I think my mother had them when I was growing up as a as a kid. The game of life is also on on this list as well, Bill. Uh, 2010 was their uh, inductee. What about any Thomas the Trains? 
I had a lot of Thomas the Trains too. Uh, no Thomas. All I see is uh, Lionel. Dude, really? The Magic 8-Ball didn't go until 2018? Holy crap. Huh. But overrated anyways, yeah. toy. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that right now. Overrated toy. Mr. Potato Head went in 2000. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Matchbox cars are on here as well as Hot, hot Wheels. Um, but yeah, a pretty cool list. We'll, uh, again, we'll uh, update you guys um, once the final list uh, has, has come out. And uh, we shall trudge on here. Got a couple of other spots, uh, a couple of other things we want to get to. Um, but before we do, we do just want to remind you that you can find us on socials, uh, Instagram at chaos on the rocks pod on Twitter at chaos OTR underscore pod. You can find bill on socials at B you mean on Twitter. Also, you can catch him on Twitch streaming at what do you mean TV? You can find me on Twitter as well at Ian Bow, I A N B E A U reach out to us. Hit us with a follow. Hit us with a comment. Let us know what you want to hear talked about uh, on next week's pod. Um, again, you know we're pretty much just bringing you things that uh, pique our interest during the course of the week. But if there's something out there that you think uh, is worth hearing, uh, hearing the boys talk about here, send it our way. We'll uh, and we'll give you our hottest takes possible on uh, on said topic. Um, but all right, Bill. Um, everybody poops, right? That's the saying. I would sure hope so. <laughs> Unless you have one severe case of constipation. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, uh, how many bathrooms do you think you've uh, used used during the course of your life? Are we talking? Overall, we talk in just no. doing number ones, number two. Overall. So I had this discussion topic thought when I was recently in one of my friend's new apartments taking a pee. Uh, I had a few adult beverages in me, so I was frequenting the bathroom pretty quickly. But looking around the bathroom, I kind of had that moment of clarity. You know, I think most uh, most people can agree on this drunk pee moment of clarity that this is a completely new bathroom for me. This is a completely new experience that me in my 25 years of life has never experienced before. And it got me thinking, how many bathrooms have I really gone to the bathroom in? If I had to guess, so um, I, I guess I'll use this as a frame of reference. Back in 2015, as well as 2019, um, I recorded how many poops I took in however many locations I pooped in. Yes, that's true. I celebrated the graduation of high school with 2015 and the graduation of college of 2019, both uh, both ringing in the year with uh, recording your poops, starting on January 1st, ending on December 31st. It's pretty fun, honestly. I, I would highly recommend it to all of our listeners out there. But I did... I, I, let me pull up. Let me pull up one of the lists for you. Let me pull up one of the lists for you. It was a pretty good meme too. I had a lot of people think it was pretty funny. So I had taken a poop in 44 unique locations. I had done 406 poops overall in the year, 
but 44 different locations that year I pooped. So again, assuming that by the age of probably what, 13, 14, I started being able to kind of go to other places pretty consistently and go to the bathroom in by average about 40 a year for 10 years, about 400 before that, maybe about, you know, anywhere from another two to 300, I would probably give myself 750. Damn. What, what, why, what were you thinking for that number? What was that number you think going to be for you? Dude, that's almost two and a half a day. Well, think about it. You poop at home. You poop at work. Sometimes you got to go to Dunkin' Donuts to do that emergency poop. <laughs> Sometimes Dunkin' Donuts is the cause of that emergency poop. Very true. Um, I don't know. I was probably going to say like somewhere in like the 600 range. I don't know. But I mean, we're not too far off. That's yeah, not, that's not uh, too far off. It's, yeah. And again, I'm assuming by the age of 14, I started really pooping in different locations. You know, I, I could have been a pretty adventurous 10 year old. I went to a lot of friends' houses when I was 10, 11 years old, you know, made a lot of new friends, get into those uh, middle school ages out of those elementary school days, going from elementary school to middle school too at that point, different bathrooms within the different levels of the school. Each school, you know, had somewhere between five to six bathrooms in it. I probably frequented at least one of those at least once during my tenures in all my schools I ever attended. I'm trying to think of high school, how many bathrooms there were on that building. That were accessible to us? Yes. Right? I, uh, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Think, you know, one. There was one in the locker rooms. Yeah. Lobby. There was also the lobby one, yes. Um, there was one further down by Carpentry. There was? No. Past Carpentry. the art room? No, I don't think there was. Well, there definitely wasn't one near culinary. There unless was you one can, unless above you consider, culinary unless you consider near the, the one near Unless you cab. consider the one in, in culinary or the restaurant portion of culinary. Very true. I count that one, actually, even though technically it wasn't students weren't supposed technically to use it. Technically it was, but I mean. I have definitely su- pooped in that bathroom plenty of times. As have I. Um. The one by CAD, you said, right? Then there was... There wasn't one on the fourth floor. No, there wasn't. There wasn't. No, there wasn't. You're right. So, right, was it just... Was there one near the science wings? I think there was. No. Because science, when you had to walk all the way over to the math, the math wing. Remember, because coming, oh, I, would, from- I would just go to the lobby. Actually, I would just go to the lobby at that point. Yeah, take a few extra steps, go down the stairs. Was that five, six? No, we're still at four. Four. Culinary, lobby, locker rooms, CAD. I think that's it. There's no way that's it. 
I, I think you might be right, though. I think that is it. Because there were none on the fourth floor, which I think is still weird. But I mean, yeah, there wasn't one. There wasn't one in Hellhawk. Right? I don't think. I don't know. So I was four. only in there for two and a half days. Me too. So four. Four oh, is our yeah. final answer. You know, I can't believe it was only four. Do you have any uh, unique bathroom experiences? Was there ever one bathroom you went to when you were like, whoa, this is a cool bathroom? Yeah, my hotel in Mexico. Oh? Um, there was one of those that had a massive glass like shower door in it. The toilet was like enclosed in its own little private room, but there was a nice air vent coming off from the right and the left-hand side of the toilet. So when you were sitting there, it was a nice cool breeze and you weren't sweating your ass off. Um, and it also overlooked out the, out the window. You could look outside, you could see the beach, pretty nice view. Um, and if you were lucky enough, uh, we also had uh, monkeys that would swing by on the, or outside of the trees. You know, every, actually, I don't know whether it was me or one of the other guys. No, it wasn't me. One of the other guys I went down with all of a sudden it, he was sitting in there, and all of a sudden, the monkey lands right on the right on the right on the sh- uh, the window ledge. And good thing he was on the toilet because he said it scared the shit out of him. <laughs> I'm sure it would scare the shit out of me too. I'm trying to think if I have any unique bathroom experiences. I think the most unique place I've gone to the bathroom is nature. I have. Yeah, I can't in- say that. I, I can't say that I've ever had to take a shit in the wild. In the year 2015, I had two instances where I had to poop outside. The first was I was on a hike of a mountain and I just literally got to the summit and could not hold it. Like I had to poop (laughs) so bad. Um, So I had one of my friends stand on the trail. I probably went about 10, 15 feet off the trail, pooped, had to use a big leaf, big oak leaf to wipe my butt. Um, And then the second time my cousin and I were uh, at a river off the Kangamanga highway. And again, we were just walking the river and I was like, Oh, I gotta go. This is, this is fancy. <laughs> so frankly, that time we had napkins though. So, uh, oh, dude. Yeah. Well, I mean, better than a leaf, but still. Yeah. I, uh, thankfully napkins are, are biodegradable though. At least they, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't feel too bad digging a little hole and burying it along with, uh, my excrement. Oh, um yeah okay that's yeah i i've never never have and i'm praying to god that i never have to be stuck in that situation because i i oh god just thinking just the thought of wiping my ass with a fucking leaf welcome to poop talk chaos on the poop (laughs) um yeah no thank you but yeah you definitely um you definitely have me as far as the number of bathrooms and um, unique bathroom experiences. Um, but yeah, it was not fun. Um, that can't be fun. So, uh, but actually, you know what, Bill, you kind of inspired me here. I'm thinking uh, come the start of the new year, um, I'm going to keep a running tally. And see, uh, let me know. See. I'll send you my format. I know in the year 20, in the year 2019, 
uh, I was telling people about how I was going to do it again that I went to college with and a majority of the people I was in college with tried it in my friend group and they all struggled. The tough part about it is come April, you get very annoyed with the fact that you have to record every poop in January and February. It's a good little novel, you know, a little novelty act, you know, it's very funny. People think it's funny because obviously, you know, you send updates to the people you're doing it with or who know about it, whatever. Right. And then you drop the bomb at the end of the year when it's like, hi, I kept fucking doing it. And everybody else is like, oh, I fucking stopped. I assumed we all stopped. Nope. Here's my poop list. Yeah. So yeah, um, would recommend. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, send me your uh, send me your criteria and your uh, your your checklist and stuff and what I need to do, and uh, I'll see uh, see what damage I can do. So hold on, is it like anytime you go to the bathroom, or is it just a- every different bathroom you use? Every time you went to the bathroom. However, I had a separate section for new experiences. So I had a category for home, category for work, and then at the time I was in college, so a category for college. Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah, I'll definitely have to give that a whirl uh, come come the turn of the calendar. Um, all right, Bill, you have any uh, unique collections? Of course you do. We've talked about this on here. Before. Boy, do I. Hey, there's this little thing called Pokemon, just the... Uh, highest granting highest grossing franchise in the history of the world you know nothing uh nothing too big nothing too All crazy right. you know How only long? own only own a couple thousand dollar cards one card worth fifteen thousand dollars nothing too crazy nothing Jesus. too crazy um how many cards in gen- in total would you say you own at the moment currently so i have a lot of bulk cards so bulk cards are just the cards that you get in the pack that aren't like the big the big ticket items you know um currently at my feet there's probably at least 500 um to my right or to my left rather from where i'm sitting currently there's probably another 1500 i'd say a lot of them are not opened a lot of them are still in packs or or in sealed uh boxes or whatever else it might be tins different things like that um yeah i would say that my collection is probably well over anywhere from 2000 to 2500 cards Okay. So, I mean, cards is a little bit different, right? Because they don't take up as much room. You know, I mean, you'd be surprised. I, 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 I'm saying, like, you know, they're about this, you know, that thick, right? They're, you know, a sixteenth of an inch. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but what would you, what would you say about someone that owns over 12,000? pieces of cars we are talking disney pixar cars correct we we are talking disney pixar cars yes a mexican fan of the disney pixar film cars recently earned a guinness world record by collecting 1200 pieces of memorabilia from the movie jorge arias of mexico city said his collection of items related to the 2006 animated comedy began when his daughter asked him to buy toys of some of the characters so she could play with a neighbor. Arias said he was impressed with the quality of the toys and their vibrant colors, so he kept buying them. Quote, I kept buying them without knowing how many there really are, and since then I haven't stopped collecting. Arias has amassed 1,200 items in his 15 years of collecting, 
enough to earn the Guinness World Record. The father said of all those items, uh, said all of his items are cataloged and he keeps them in a glass display case. He said he regularly gives tours of the collection to other Cars fans, especially young children. The visitors to Arias's collection have included Cars director Brian Fee and co-producer Andrea Warren, who presented him with a drawing of Lightning McQueen and an invitation to the premiere of Cars 3. I am very happy and proud. Never in my life did it cross my mind that I would be awarded a Guinness World Records title. It was something unattainable, and now that I have it, I am very excited and pleased to know that my story will be told in the 2022 book, I Can't Believe It. I I have no words, honestly. I, I, I love cars, and I'm all for car memes and stuff like that, but um, to have a 1,200-piece memorabilia collection to the movie Cars... It's literally, it's just cars. It's just the characters. That's all it is. Like, yeah, there's different makes and different models of different characters, but I mean, it's just cars. I love that in the picture they have of him, he's wearing a kachow hat with an actual racing jersey of the movie Cars, as well as holding a gas can to a large Lightning McQueen figure. That that just... As this is a beautiful man. This yeah. I hope this man, I wish this man peace and love for the rest of his life. I don't ever want to shit on your collection. Because I again I also am a collector. Um, while what I collect is technically investments, and I can do a whole podcast talking about that if I really wanted to. Um, you know, what, what this guy collects doesn't necessarily seem to be like it's gonna be worth millions of dollars one day. Not saying my collection will be, but um, you know, it makes you happy. The thing about collecting things is that it makes you happy. You should never be afraid to collect something that makes you happy. I mean, I have weird collections too. When I was a kid, I used to collect bottle caps. Um, well, I, hold on. I, thought... I, I was, I was going to present this question to you. Okay. So my question here for you, and we'll also make this our discussion poll for the week. Again, find us on Instagram at chaos on the rocks pod. What is a collection that you have that you are proud of? How big is the collection and what is so unique about it? All right. Well, like I said, the most probably the thing I'm the most proud of, definitely. And how the biggest as well is my Pokemon card collection. Although I do it with my friend John under the name Victory Road Warriors. If you guys don't follow Victory Road Warriors on Instagram, you definitely should, by the way. Not like contents gets posted there, but hey, it still exists. But yeah, I think Pokemon's cool, but when I was a kid, I used to collect bottle caps. I lived on the beach for the summers and uh, my childhood, so I would uh, go to the beach on Saturday mornings, Sunday mornings, Monday mornings, and uh, comb the beach for bottle caps, and I would collect them, get all the unique ones. Uh, I, I believe one of the coolest ones I ever had was a limited edition Coors Light bottle cap from like 2004, and at the time I had found it in like 2006 or seven. Pretty cool, but I have since don't know anything about the bottle cap collection. Uh, I used to also collect bouncy balls, which again, don't really know whatever happened to bouncy ball collection. My current thing I collect that not too many people know I collect um, is foam fingers, actually. Uh, my dream in life is to have a man cave and on one of the walls of um, 
my man cave, I would like to have every foam finger from every stadium I've ever collected. So currently I have all four of the Boston sports teams, obviously. I, that, have, I was going to say that's, that's an easy one to grab. I have a Baltimore Ravens. I have a Baltimore Orioles and I have a Lowell lock monster claw, which I think is Yo, pretty. Oh, the lock monsters. Yeah, that that's probably one of the coolest ones because obviously doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. That's awesome. Um Is that because uh you're number 1? I am number 1. No, I don't know. I I when Did I was a kid I just had a big episode? What? Did it start with the SpongeBob episode? Um I don't really know. When I was a kid I think I just kind of Saw foam fingers. I, my first foam finger I ever owned was a Red Sox foam finger. So I, I think kind of just progressed through from that. But yeah, it was one of the, it's just one of those things. In every stadium I go to, I just like to get a foam finger. Um, usually they're a pretty cheap item to collect as well. You know, usually they're in terms of things you can get as a souvenir from stadiums, especially nowadays. Foam fingers are usually relatively inexpensive. Plus, I think it looks cool. I think that it's going to be how I like have envisioned it in my mind. I mean, like I said, I'm only at like six or seven right now. Um, hopefully this year, uh, I'm going to get the chance to potentially go down to Nashville, Tennessee to see the, tennis, uh, the Tennessee Titans play. would love to get a potentially powder blue, maybe navy blue uh, foam finger for the collection, considering I got the orange one from the Orioles and the purple one from the Ravens as well as a yellow one from the Bruins, green one from the Celtics, red from the Red Sox, and a navy blue from the Patriots. I had a purple one from the Lock Monsters. It's actually red. Red and oh. uh, like a black claw, like okay. black actual claws on. Okay. Um, so, Bill, you know, you know this just because of our years in high school together. Um how often did you see me walk in the halls or after school or something like that without a hat on? Not very. How about right now? Not very. Am I wearing a hat right now? Yes. It has a Zamboni on it. Right. It's, it's sick. <laughs> it's kind of gas. It's pretty cool. Can't lie. It's pretty cool. Um, but yeah. So for people out there that don't know my collection is baseball hats. Or hats in general. Doesn't have to be a baseball cap. Um, could be a toque. Could be, which is in, essentially, in other words, a winter cap, you know, with a little pom pom on the top, whatever. Um, I have a scally cap. Actually, I have a couple of scally caps. Um, but yeah, I love, love hats. I just, I don't know what it is. I just, whenever I walk out the door and I feel like I don't have a hat on or I don't have a hat on my head, I feel like I'm naked. Just something about it. Um, couldn't even begin to tell you why it is that way, you know, how it started. Um, actually, I can kind of tell you how it started because of my dad. My dad had, you know, a variety of hats, but nowhere close to the collection that I have. I mean, I have camo hunting hats. Um, I have digital camo, you know, that supports like the military. Um, you know, I have this cool Zamboni hat. 
Um, I just got a new hat. I just got a new hat today um, from uh, a uh, nice hockey clothing line. Um, they sent me a new lid today, so that'll go into the collection. Um, but you want to plug them so they'll sponsor us? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, shout out Puck International. Uh, that's that's who it is. Um, but I have, you know, Red Sox, Patriots, way too many Bruins hats to count. Um, I only own one Celtics hat. I'm never, I've never really been a big Celtics guy, but like I do have that one Celtics hat that I pretty much break out if I go to a Celtics team, which I've only ever been to one in my life. It's your token Celtics hat. Huh? It's your token Celtics hat. Yes. Um, and then also around St. Patty's Day. It's green. It's got a, a shamrock on it. May as well wear it. Um, you know, but I have hats from, you know, Florida State, uh, who's my college football team. I have Texas, Kansas, Minnesota, um, UNC, which I'm hoping to add another UNC hat to my collection when I head down to uh, North Carolina in a couple of weeks. Um Trying to think of some of the other ones I have a Dallas Stars hat, uh, a couple of Chicago Blackhawks hats. Um, eventually, I think my goal would be to own a hat for every single professional sport, you know, every professional franchise, you know, so all 32 NFL, NBA, uh, MLB, NHL, um, and then just try and sweep across the college board as much as I possibly can. Um, and you know, except for the ones that, you know, I'm really not a fan of, um, I don't think I'd ever get a Canadian's hat. Probably would never get a Yankees hat. No, I know for a fact, I never get a Yankees hat. Um, maybe a Lakers hat just cause the colors are kind of sick. I'm, I'm a fan of purple and yellow, purple and gold together. Nice combo. Um, like LSU, great colors, a couple of great logos that you can use and stuff you can do there. Um, but yeah, I would say right now at the present moment, if I counted, I'd have somewhere between 60 and 75 hats. That's including baseball, winter caps, and then my couple of scally caps or whatnot that I have uh, for, you know, unique instances or whatever. But uh, I do have a rather large collection of, uh, of lids. No, it's just, it's one of those things, right? You can do so much with a hat. You can have a simple one like this, black, just little white outline. looks like a stick figure of a Zamboni. Or, you know, you can have, you know, a cow. Hell, I even have, I have a cowboy hat. Like a legitimate cowboy hat. I got on vacation a few year, uh, years back when I went down to uh, Virginia with my family. Wow, 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 Yeah. So I break that out. Actually, we breaking it out uh, tomorrow night heading down to see uh, Dirks Bentley down in uh, down in Mansfield. So cowboy hats coming out of the closet. Time to uh, cowboy up and party on. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so it, no, it, it, I, I don't know a whole lot of people. I know a couple of people that have like an extensive hat collection, um, but it's very few and far between with when you meet people, you know, that have, the multitude of hats that I have. So it's definitely, definitely unique. 
I would say the only person I know who has a big hat collection is my dad. And again, I hate to call it my dad, but it's only because he's bald. <laughs> See, I knew your dad to wear two hats. One was his black Nike hat that he would wear in the shop. Or no, was it Nike or was it Adidas? No, he had multiple. Trust me. He also had ones that were black, ones that were very dark navy, or ones that were gray. No, but he had the he had one specific hat that he would only wear. I think it was Adidas. I honestly think it was Adidas. It was either Adidas or it was Nike. Um, we'll have to find that out. We'll get the answer and we'll bring it back. We'll get it. We'll bring it out. Uh, let the people know next week. Um, but anyways, hats love them. Bill, foam fingers, you love them. That those are your uh, our unique. Um our unique collections. And again, that's our poll, uh, our discussion poll of the week for you guys. Uh, what is a collection that you have that you're proud of and how big, how big is the collection and what's so unique about it? I know it's a lot to do there, but Hey, collections are unique and they're supposed to be large. Hence why they call it a collection for a reason. And they should be. F- and they should be what? Fun. My Fun. microphone just decided to mute itself yeah, mid-sentence. Fine. There we go. Okay. So um, I thought you had said fire, but fire also works. Because if you have a fire collection, it means it's something cool and it's something fun. I don't know how you'd collect fire, but I'd be impressed to see it. Yeah. Hey, I mean, unless you collect Bic lighters. That's one way to do it. Very true. So, all right, Bill, we got uh, one thing left. And... Uh, Everybody loves a good vacation, right? What was the last vacation you went on? Good question. Um, I went to go see a good friend of the pod, Flanny, down in Kentucky. Um, geez, that was almost a month ago at this point. I don't, I don't, I, I, you know, I'd probably consider that a vacation, though. You know, it was yeah, a, you're, know, it was you're a, not at work. You're, it was a getaway. It was a getaway. Yeah. But prior to that, I, I couldn't even tell you. Yeah, I mean, I went, took a couple of days off of work over the summer and went up north and into the mountain area in New Hampshire. But, I mean, I wouldn't even really call that a vacation. It's, you know, more so a weekend trip at that point. Um, uh, I mean, maybe, I mean... My family technically we went on vacation last summer. Um, went down to Providence. I mean, I, I see. I wouldn't even really call that a vacation. It's just travel. You know, I mean, yeah, technically you're in a different state slash different city, whatever. But um, I would say Bar Harbor, Maine, two summers ago was probably the last like legitimate vacation that I went. I mean, because you got to drive when I. I don't know about you, but when I think of a vacation, uh, you got to travel like a handful of hours, whether it's, you know, a car ride that's not, you know, not something that you would want to do in a day. You know, you go to de- you go to the destination, you turn around, you come back on the same day. Like if you're going to go away, you're going to spend some time and, you know, explore the area, this, that, and the other thing. And that's what I consider a vacation. So I would say Bar Harbor, Maine, uh, two summers ago, went up to Acadia National. Um, spent some time up there, did some golfing as well. Beautiful area to go. Um, 
if you ever get the chance to go up there, definitely go up there and do it. Um, check it out. One of the national parks in the United States. So great, great spot. A lot of cool spots to see up there. Um, what's your favorite vacation spot, Bill? My favorite vacation spot. Um, I, as a kid, I went to Clearwater Beach, Florida a lot. I felt like there was a lot of fun things to do in that area. Uh, I, I would like to go back to Disney. Uh, I went to Disney when I was a child, very young child. Don't I really have too much fond memories of it. Otherwise, I love tropical. I love going on cruises. I'm a big cruise guy. Um, be it to the Caribbean, be it to you know somewhere like a Jamaica, Bermuda, Bahama. Come on, pretty mama. Um, any of those destinations, really. I I will say though, I did travel to London, and I think that Europe is really fucking beautiful. And I would love to not only go back to London, but I would like to explore more of Europe as well. So, see, I had this conversation. It's actually kind of funny. You brought up London slash Europe, right? I had this conversation with my dad over the summer because we were watching the uh, the Open Championship, and they were over in England. It's wild, right? That if you think about it. People over there can just get on a train and spend, you know, a handful of hours on a train or, you know, drive a handful of hours. And all of a sudden you're in another fucking country. Mm -hmm. My that's what Melissa did. Melissa studied abroad in Germany and she just would take a $50 flight, even a half an hour, 45 minute flight. Even it's like the perfect example, right? The golf course where the open championship was held this summer. It was along the cliffs of uh, cliffs of Moore. No, cliffs of Moore, cliffs of Dover. Um, but when you're over there, right? All you had to do was, you know, again, you use the channel, and you shoot across the English Channel, and you're in fucking France. You know. And then you travel south from France and I forget what, uh, what, what country is south of France. Um, it's really going to irk me. So I got to search it. Um, south of France. is oh spain you can go to spain you can go to portugal in that area as well you go north of france you got belgium you got the netherlands germany switzerland my sisters went to switzerland uh two three years ago one of my cousins was studying abroad over in italy and when you know they went on a trip they went to visit her in italy and I forget whether it was before or after. No, it was while they were over there because my cousin ended up going with them. They went. They took a train to fucking to Switzerland, and they were in um right right in uh, Zurich. I mean, they went tubing on the Alps while they were over on a trip in Italy, and they took like a four hour train ride. That sounds Milan. awesome. From really Milan, and awesome. they went to they went to freaking 
to, to Switzerland. It's like, are you kidding me? You know, and it's it just, it's wild that, you know, you can go over there and that's how it is. Um, but personally for me uh, here, my favorite, my favorite vacation spot that I've ever gone. And I mean, I wouldn't, I don't know. I mean, you can call it a vacation, but it was, you know, more so like a spring break trip um, was again, when I went down to Mexico, I mean, it was sunny and 80 degrees all day. And all I did was sit next to a pool, you know, from sun up till sundown. And then at sundown, go grab a bite to eat. And then you go out to the bars at night and have yourself a time, wake up the next day, do it all over again. Can't really complain about that, but around here locally, um, I'm a big Cape Cod guy. Love going down the Cape. Um, don't get down there nearly as often as I would like to. Um, obviously, because one, it can be hella expensive to go on vacation um, and spend a handful of days down there. Never mind a week. Uh, we used to do it when I was a little. Um, my family would we'd rent out a beach house for a week, and we did that for like five or six years. Um, and then, it just, again, it just got to be too expensive prices started going through the roof and it became more of a pain in the ass to get down there than anything. Um, but I mean, if I had to choose a spot now, I would just simply say drive an hour North of where I'm currently located. And I'm in the white mountains up in the lakes region. You can find a spot. Airbnbs are everywhere. You know, I got family that has a, that has a house on uh, silver Lake in Madison and it's quiet, it's peaceful, and it's an awesome time. That's that's. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what else to tell you. You know, I. I if I had to pick between a Cape House or a Lake House, I'd probably say Lake House, just because it's less expensive and it's easier to get up north than it is to go south down the Cape. I would agree with you, honestly. I, I have said this in the past, too, that I would much rather have a lake house than the beach house. Again, I grew up on a beach, a lot of summer spent on beaches, Salisbury Beach, more specifically. And I, although I do like the destinations that are, you know, the sunny, beachy stuff, I do at the end of the day really like a lake. I really do just like, like you said, the serenity, the peace, the quietness, the not too many people around you, that sort of stuff. However... One of my other favorite vacation destinations is the casino. Cause I love losing money, baby. <laughs> um, you got any good vacation stories, Bill, before we uh, wrap this one up? I have one good vacation story and it's one of my dad's favorite to tell. So uh, after I graduated high school, my dad and I took a six days or a seven day, six night cruise to, um, Aruba and I can't remember where the other place was, um, but we did do some scuba diving over a coral reef. That was pretty cool. Or uh, it wasn't really necessarily scuba diving. It was like a assisted scuba thing. You had like a motorized thing that swirled you around. It was really cool, actually. Um, and one of the things with Carnival is Carnival usually has their own private beaches in these like resort destinations. So they usually do like a day at the beach, like in between uh, like their destinations. So we're sitting at the beach, right? I'm freshly 18 years old too, mind you. So internationally, I'm legally, I'm allowed to drink as well mm -hmm. as on the water. You're legally allowed to drink. 
So, plus, I mean, I had a beard and stuff too. I didn't look 18. Um, so my dad walks away. He had to go to the bathroom or something. He says, hey, you know, if the cabana boy comes around, why don't you order us a couple of beers? Sure, dad. I'd love to do that. So, so yeah. The guy, so Let's the guy go. comes around. Guy comes around and barely speaks a lick of English, right? So he said, "What can I get for you?" I said, "Yeah, we'll just take a, some some Mick Ultras, please." Now again, I I didn't say how many. I just said, "We'll take some Mick Ultras, please," right? So guy writes it down. I'll be right back. Walks away. I don't really think anything of it. You know, I'm sitting chilling, looking at the beach. Uh, you know, just having a good time. The guy comes back with a bucket of beers. So in my mind, I'm thinking, all right, he probably just it's probably easier for him to to bring a bucket of beers. Right. He's probably bringing other people these beers as well. So the guy puts it down on our table, pulls out two beers, pulls out a bottle opener, opens two beers, puts one next to me, one next to my dad's chair. That's also empty and walks away. And I was like. Sir, are you not going to take the rest of the beers? (laughs) and he just walked away like just left the bucket of beers so my dad comes back and he just looks at me looks at the bucket of beers and he was just like why did you do that why did you order a bucket (laughs) of beers he said i literally just said i wanted a beer a couple beers for us and i said listen i told him i just wanted some beers he put out he literally put the bucket down took out two and i expected him to just grab the bucket and walk away because you know for me if I was a waiter, I would probably just grab all the beers I needed to bring and, you know, bring them to people. And he just fucking walked away. So my dad had always claimed that at the age of ripe age of 18, that I was a uh, alcoholic in training. And, uh, you know, he had to foot the bill because it ended up being like 80 bucks for the bucket of beer. So, oh, man. Sorry, Big Bill. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Oh, that's funny. Oh, so all right, Bill. Well, uh, that's a good way to to end the note, and uh, or excuse me, end the uh, episode. We'll end it on that note. Um, any closing remarks for the fine folks at home? Love yourself. Express yourself. Kiss yourself in the mirror. Tell yourself you love yourself. No. Okay. We need more self-positivity in this world. And I love all of you. And I think you're all beautiful. And if you have any tough times coming your way right now, know that things do indeed get better. There are resources available for you if you do need them. Please make sure you reach out to us if you ever need them. But we love you. Love yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, damn, who was that sexy motherfucker? There we go. All right. Well, that's a good way to end the note again. Enjoy the weekend. Uh, another football weekend is upon us or if you're in my shoes, it's college hockey season. Um, time to buckle up and, uh, enjoy the ride. So for and Bill, if, if you're in my shoes, get the fuck out of them. <laughs> so for Bill, my name's beach. And as always remember life is always better. The drink on the rocks. Have a fantastic weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Watching the sun bake All of those